A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Slash Madison. They're always- this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Good morning. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday, the 28th day of May. How are you doing, everybody? It's the fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. Pretty happy with the show that we've got coming up for you between now and six. Matt Trannell, a trader with Commodity Risk Management Group down in Platteville, Wisconsin, is going to join us uh, live via Skype. You know, we've started to see more restaurants, more bars coming back online. But to serve their customers, they have to make sure that their pantries are full. That's been good news for the dairy sector and some other sectors as well. Talking about that with Matt live this morning before we hit six. Unfortunately, the list has grown to 13. 13 county fairs around the state that have decided they are not going forward with their 2020 event. The latest on the list, Door County Fair from Northeast Wisconsin, Tremplow County Fair from Western Wisconsin. And after 5.30, we're also talking with Sandy Chalmers, Executive Director of our Wisconsin Farm Service Agency offices. The application period is now open for CFAP funds, $16 billion of federal assistance designed to help all farmers across the United States. The Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, talking details with her this morning. Today, it looks like we have got a definite chance of rain in the forecast. 72 are expected high, overnight lows down to 53. Tomorrow, we dry out. 67 with sunny skies. Stu muck has got our weather in just moments. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The list is getting longer and longer. Not of things to do, but things we will not be able to do this summer. Of course, we're now getting into June Dairy Month. Dairy breakfast, few and far between if we have any. Bob Osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And uh, Josh, not only the dairy breakfast, but now we get into July and August. And I'm afraid the corn dogs and the elephant ears are going to be hard to find, too. And Bob... If you know me, you know I love food. That absolutely breaks my heart. The county fairs are my vice, and you're right. We have seen a lot of county fairs. That it seems that as each week goes by, we see another handful of county fairs get canceled here in Wisconsin. We recently saw the Minnesota State Fair be canceled as well. Uh, Kewanee County and Dane County have both been canceled this year. And recently, the Columbia County Fair was called off. That was originally going to happen July 22nd to the 26th in Portage. Now, these are very difficult decisions for these fair boards and these fair general managers and presidents to make. It's not something they're taking lightly. I mean, nobody wants to have a summer without county fairs. It's something that's unimaginable. I talked with one of these decision makers, Paul Becker. He is the president of the Columbia County Fair. And he said the decision was a long time coming, but that didn't make it any easier. Well, we've, of course, been talking about this for the last couple months. Um, So we did have our meeting here uh, Monday evening uh, to, to basically discuss the issue and see what our options were. At that time, we probably had uh, almost two hours of discussion before the vote was finally taken to, uh, unfortunately, be not be able to host this year's fair. So, 
Was there ever a point where you guys thought, ah, if we do this, we might be able to pull it off? I mean, you think about a socially distanced fair, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough feat, but was there a time where you guys were like, maybe we can do this? Certainly. We talked about uh, there are some options out there for virtual fairs. Um, unfortunately, no one in the area has tested one or done one. Um, and again, with the short time frame of being able to organize it, um, and also, um, the expense of it, we were not, didn't feel that we'd be able to pull that off, uh, at this time on, at this year. So. So now that the news is out there, just from what you've been seeing and hearing from uh, your your fellow fair board members, how have people been reacting to the news that the fair is canceled? Um, well, certainly it's mixed emotions. Um, we have people, um, uh, certainly that, uh, especially the people that are at risk and, and uh, have some concerns about um, exposure that are very happy that uh, it's happening. And then, of course, we have just the opposite, the people that uh, um, have felt that, uh, again, there's overreaction um, and are very upset. And then, of course, you have in the middle that uh, understand what's going on. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're hearing some of all sides, and uh, I expected that. I mean, uh, nothing less. I mean, um, we are not all the same people. Everybody has their own opinions, and uh, they're own willing to take the risks, so... Yeah, we posted the story on our Facebook page, and you're never going to believe this, but people voice their opinions on social media, and uh, we're, we're pretty much seeing the exact same thing. Some people understand, some people are angry, some are upset, some are confused. So for the people you know that are angry or confused, they're, they're certainly not alone. For you personally, Paul, the position you're in, this, this had to be a decision that weighed on you when you were leading up to making it. Certainly. I mean... Um... You know, um, you know, first thing that we looked at is financially for the fair. And again, you have to be able to survive financially to be able to host your next fair. So if you go out and spend a ton of money and then have either small or no attendance and or the, the biggest uh, fear, I believe, on most fairs is that we will not be able to actually we will we will be given orders that we cannot host or host with very, very small numbers. And again, with that, uh, you have all the expenses, all the exposure, and um, end up with a uh, huge financial loss, which then basically puts you out of business. Uh, so that's your number, probably number one factor that is influencing. Um, and then again, number two is uh, just pure safety. Again, many fair boards are made of... Um, older or semi-retired people, which again, um, are your, your more at risk group. So there are a lot of concerns about uh, that. And then probably the biggest point is liability for whoever owns the fairgrounds. And that is part of the problem you see is many of the fairgrounds are not owned by the fairs themselves. They are, you know, uh, Dane County is of course, uh, Dane County owns that facility. Um, our facility is owned by the city of Portage. Um, Fairview again is, lies in the city of Portage. So again, you fall under their rules. And so, um, with those factors being involved, you know, there's a lot of things that are out of your control of what you can or cannot do. So, and liability is a, unfortunately in today's world, a 
major issue. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a thought that I, I had when I was talking with a friend the other day is obviously safety is the utmost concern, but the liability factor, it is there. Are you guys in, I don't want to say financial trouble, but by not having the fair this year, you'll you'll certainly be able to return in 2021, right? We certainly should be able to. I mean, uh, and again, that is one of the factors that uh, did. I mean, um, 10 or 12 years ago, we did have a couple bad years in a row and we got down to where we were virtually uh, broke. And um, again, that that's very hard to fight yourself back out of that situation. So you, you certainly have to consider that because whether I'm going to be the next president or someone else, I mean, there has to be some finances there to be able to uh, organize and pay expenses and, and do those things. So, I mean, the biggest thing is actually right now that your liability insurance that you're paying for has told everyone that I know is that uh, our liability insurance will not cover any um, suits we get on COVID-19. So there is no liability at this time against that. So if someone brings that lawsuit against you, you as the fair board and or individuals are totally on that yourself. Yeah, certainly a situation you don't want to be in. I'm speaking with Paul Becker, the president of Columbia County Fair, uh, originally scheduled for July 22nd to the 26th in Portage. They recently announced that uh, as a result of the pandemic, they will have to cancel this year's fair. Uh, so, And then another thing, uh, since we're since this is the Farm Report, we got to talk about the youth exhibitors. Uh, for, for youth exhibitors, what exactly are the plans for them? Is there any talks of a virtual show or extending the eligibility or anything like that? Um, we already did vote that we extended the eligibility for another year for any of our seats. Um, and again, so that would affect any of, actually it's for any of our youth. So it would extend the eligibility for that. Um, so that will assist them to somewhat. I mean, the problem with the livestock is of course, it's not like a art project or a woodworking project or anything like that, that they may, hold on to to next year to bring to next year's fair. It's pretty hard to, you know, even hold your bunny over till next year, much less your steer or your pig. So um, that is a significant concern. I mean, we talked very seriously about trying to do uh, something in a, um, just a one day, you know, livestock show, bring your animal in, in the trailer, show him, put him in the trailer, take him home, not, no stalling, uh, no participation from outside, just your exhibitors. Um, the problem is with the stipulations that at least we are under at this time from our uh, host city, we cannot guarantee that we can even have 50 people on grounds. So there's just no way I could guarantee that I could do that. And for me to lead you up to the week of and then all of a sudden say I can't do it, that is very poor planning on every part. So it makes the decision of calling it as soon as you can, certainly, uh, though it's tough, certainly it gives everybody more options. Now, um, exhibitors will be able to go out and try to market their animals. And as I'm sure that you've also discussed, uh, the problem right now is slaughter facilities are very tight. Um, I do understand from talking to different people that, again, most of the slaughter facilities did have some open slots slated for the fairs. And as long as the fairs are canceling right now, they are allowing 
um, young, you know, exhibitors to book in and take those slots to be able to at least process their animal, and then they can see if they can market that um, from there. But otherwise, uh, they're going to end up coming fair date with an animal ready to be processed and six months to nine months to be able to get into a processing facility. So not a very good option. No, not at all. And then one more question before I let you go, Paul. Um, do, do, have you? Uh, I don't know if you speak with, with other fair GMs or presidents, but have you heard of any fairs that are going to go forward? Uh, it, it's obviously an uphill battle, um, but have you heard of any that have said, no, we're not going to cancel? I have talked to many uh, fair board members in the last month, and I think uh, most everyone had that opinion a month ago. And even two weeks ago, it was still fairly strong. With the latest uh, information and the latest look at at uh, how facilities are going to be able or what they're going to have to do to be able to handle people with the sanitation regulations and uh, the people's, no. Everybody I've talked to is pretty much, again, insurance companies have come out and told people. Uh, the Then the counties and the cities who own the facilities have came out and said, you know, you have to follow these guidelines or else, no, everybody I've talked to has pretty much said, I don't see how it can be done. All right, Paul Becker, president of the Columbia County Fair, originally slated for July 22nd to the 26th in Portage. Unfortunately, we are seeing more and more county fairs be canceled. I mean, just think where we were a week ago as to where we are now, and I can only imagine how many more fairs we're going to be hearing from in the next few weeks. So go to MidwestFarmReport.com for updates on that. Paul, thank you so much, and best of luck to you guys. Well, thank you very much, Josh. Yes, of course, the pleasure is all mine, and I will note that we have been uh, giving a lot of attention to the county fairs that are not going to be taking place in the year 2020, but I will note that there are going to be a couple fairs that we know for sure that at this point in time are still going forward with uh, festivities this year. Lafayette County is one of them, and Clark County is another one that I know off the top of my head. Uh, For more updates, go to MidwestFarmReport.com, and from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Josh Scramlin. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When you're ready to buy a home, it's the right time to buy a home. There's no need to wait for extra money to put down or timing the market perfectly. The sooner you can own a home, the better off you'll be financially as you'll start saving money and creating net worth. Educated Mortgage is where this way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222-652. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine 
you will find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. You know, a lot of things have changed in the past few months. For instance, at McFarland's, we started offering curbside service and free delivery within a 10-mile radius of our store. But other things haven't, like our doors being open to help you with all your project repair and service needs. We've got the staff to help you get going. At McFarland's in Sauk City, open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and Saturdays 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. McFarland's one block south of Highway 12 at 780 Carolina Street, where service is a family tradition. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. 521 on a Thursday morning, and it looks like we've got rain coming our way. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us live via Skype. And I just don't like the numbers you're talking about, buddy. This is not just a sprinkle situation in most areas. No, it really depends where you're at, but you're right. There's going to be some rain that could be quite sizable. Let's start off. A flash flood watch is in effect today. Vernon, Richland, Crawford, and Grant County, that southwestern and, and western side of Wisconsin along the Mississippi and inward. Now, nobody else has had flash flood watch, but with rain amounts that could start to add up, we may very well be talking about some flooding in some areas where you may not expect it. A cold front's dropping in out of the northwest, just pushing into north West Wisconsin this morning, there's a band of rain all the way from northeast Wisconsin into the central and western part of the state. You know where it's at. Lacrosse seeing the rain now, and the activity is starting to push into southwest Wisconsin. A couple of quick reports: a quarter inch at Lacrosse, just over a half inch at Eau Claire already as that cold front drops in. Yes, indeed, rain is going to become more widespread. I think the heavier rain will be from that area where the flash flood watch is, southwest Wisconsin, north and east from there, could very well catch a good part of of the Madison area, uh, Beaver Dam into Fond du Lac and Oshkosh, where up to one or two inches of rain could fall today. I'll check the forecast after this. Oh, my goodness. Did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rose? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean, weed-free his entire field looked. I'm, like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans, like, literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. I've done that every time. Coming up on 524. Go ahead, Stu. Give us that forecast. Quit being so jumpy. (laughs) Mostly cloudy today. Some fog around this morning. Showers and thunderstorms. Absolutely. Rain tapering off lacrosse and Mauston could end up more in that, uh, you know, three-quarter inch range. Heavier to the east, of course. Temperatures today in the low and mid-70s. South winds will become northwest as that cool front passes only about 5 to 10. Clouds and light rain ending, clearing out even later tonight in the mid-50s for lows. Northwest winds at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny, upper 60s tomorrow northwest winds 5 to 15 mostly sunny saturday mid 60s pam northwest winds at five oh on toward late monday monday night the next chance of rain returns so we've got to dry out in a hurry yeah i'd say all right buddy thanks we appreciate it so you rainfall reporters remember you kick her in gear today let me know what your rainfall rain gauge looks like toll free number you can call if you've got rain re- reports 877 877- 
877-301-FARM. 877-301-3276. Lacrosse, you've got rain. You're currently at 68. Mauston, cloudy and 66. Fond du Lac, partly cloudy, 68. Beaver Dam, partly cloudy, 70 degrees. Madison at the airport, partly cloudy. We're currently sitting at 68 degrees at 525. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. A man with a torn rotator cuff. A young woman who was assaulted by her friend's dad. A victim of severe bullying. Can you relate and understand why they ended up addicted to opioids or other substances? When you hear the backstory, you see the root cause is often physical or emotional pain. Visit unitedmadison.com addiction for resources in our local Madison area. Brought to you by Five Door Recovery, other supporters, and United Madison. Oh my goodness, did you see Bob's gorgeous soybean rows? Um, totally. I couldn't believe how clean and weed-free his entire field looked. I'm like, so jealous. I heard he started using this new post-applied residual herbicide called Perpetuo, and it's burned down and long-lasting residual powers making his soybeans like literally the talk of the town. Ah, so Perpetuo's his secret. Yep. Talk to your retailer or visit valent.com slash Perpetuo to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Gear up for summer with a little help from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We have all the supplies you need to get your animals in tip-top shape. Keep livestock feeling their best with a five-pound jug of ProBios probiotic powder. It's $39.99. Stock up on 50-pound bags of Agrimaster Sweet 18 Calf Starter. On sale, $13.69. Save on a 50-pound bag of 2220 Medicated Super Supreme Milk Replacer Red. On sale, $69.99. Awards members pay $67.99. Take $10 off a 200-pound tub of all-natural protein for cattle. On sale, $49.99. And stock up on Lincoln Size All Baler Twine. Available in 7,200, 9,000, or 16,000-foot rolls. Your choice, $39.99. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. The original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. June is National Dairy Month. All of us at Blaine's Farm and Fleet would like to salute Midwest dairy farmers and their families and say thank you. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson. Rosa Parks or Sally Ride. Bogart or Brando. You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life. And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed. If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save. The families we could help. So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente, Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives. Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov. Or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Be the light. That's my motto. Hi, I'm Scott. Proud employee with EverReady Electric for over 20 years. We want you. Yes, you. We're hiring for journeymen or master electricians. Full-time with a hiring bonus of $1,500. Why? Well, we get that transitioning from one job to another has costs. And we're here to support you in a new comfort zone. Join our team and apply online or call and ask for Linda. 
She'll amp you up. We're ever ready. As you're getting through this situation, thanks for helping our local restaurants stay afloat, especially if they're still able to do to-go orders. At the Thirsty Goat, they're doing just that, trying to get you that quality food as long as they're able to. Check it out on Facebook, The Thirsty Goat. And what they're doing now is DoorDash and curbside menu. There's no-touch pickup offered daily from 3 until 7 p.m. From smokehouse favorites to delicious burgers, there's even options on the kids' menu and dessert. Thirsty Goat is on Facebook. The website is thirstygoatbrew.com. Continuing to offer curbside pickup 3 till 7 p.m. or DoorDash delivery every day from 3 until 6.30 p.m. Take a break from what's in your pantry and help support one of the area's popular restaurant establishments, The Thirsty Goat. Browse the special menu online at thethirstygoatbrew.com and use either the DoorDash option or curbside no-touch pickup. The Thirsty Goat will be offering this service as long as they can. The conversation of a life well-lived can continue before, during, or after a service with the flexibility of our community room. This is Matt Gunderson. At Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, a complete individualized life celebration can be held all in one location in our community room. Learn more at GundersonFH.com. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson got a tweet in from our guy Kevin underscore Uno Mas. What's up, Kev? He's uh, jumping in on the baseball conversation we were just having. And he tweets, as someone who has been working during the pandemic and also got some hours cut, I have no sympathy for the players who are bitching about pay cuts. Owners are trying to bring the game back and pay players something. Hashtag ungrateful. What do you think, Rowdy? Yeah, especially because I'm kind of with them on that. A lot of people have been affected, and they're still making millions of dollars, and the owners are like, we're going to split it with you, 50-50. Yeah, like, so- we're not really making anything. You're not really going to make anything, but we want to get out there and play, and it's still something. Yeah. Um, on Tuesday, the owners reportedly approved a proposal that was then shipped to the union uh, their original intent was to put a 50-50 revenue sharing plan on the table, but then the owners instead are s- saying that they've asked the players to sign off on a sliding scale of compensation. And Do you th- remember when all this started? When when all this started, wasn't it about the health and well-being of people, which, I mean, obviously in a and, worldwide and pandemic. To quote some of the players, putting their, their lives, lives on the line. And their families' lives at risk. Have you heard anything about this virus or getting sick from it? From the players? Yeah, since then, since the very beginning. I, the only thing I hear now is about money. Yeah, that it's laughable. The offers are laughable. Yeah. You don't hear anything about the virus anymore. No, and I was going to get to that earlier. Good point, Nelson, because it, this initially was, I mean, obviously, sport, everything shut down. We, we all know that. I don't need to reiterate of how COVID-19 has done that. We all, unless you got living under a rock for the past couple months, which I don't know how, but I mean, maybe that's how you're social distancing. But yes, we don't need to explain what happened. But at first for baseball, it was literally about the health and well-being of the players, the people working in the facilities, coaching staff, trainers, you name it, everything. Now, it literally is just the owners who have billions of dollars fighting with the high-profile players who have millions of dollars and then fighting about their contracts. Yep. It's not about 
they'll I mean they'll still use it under the guise of COVID nineteen just because it's still prevalent. I feel it's like still here. I feel like there are a lot of different people that are using using COVID nineteen to push a lot of different narratives. Yeah, and in this case right here for Major League Baseball, it's uh, and. Uh, Listen, they're not in the wrong for doing that because it's a, it, it's still a lot of uncertainty. I get it. But come on. It, what is it about? It's about literally just money now. And, you know, they don't – I get what they're saying. They have a contract. They want to honor the contract that they signed. The owners also want to honor the contract. But how do you honor a contract when you are losing billions of dollars? The optics have changed. Now it's you know time. what they need to do? How, if you're a player, how do you how can you sit there with a straight face and say you want your full salary? They need to pay them, or the players need to accept the deal that they're giving them. Right? Say if you're if you're worth twenty million dollars and you only get paid five, you're you're out fifteen, right? Sure. They should come up with a way and a scale to defer all this money to once the players retired to where they're getting $1 million this year, $2 million this year, so that they end up making that money back, but the sport and baseball can grow as a whole as well, and they can pay it down the line. How how many times... Have we joked about the Bobby Bonilla contract oh, where he one deferred? Of the greatest jokes of all yeah, time. he deferred payments forever, right? Mm-hmm. He's still getting paid for like another decade. Why can't they do that with all these guys' contracts just for that one year? Yeah, it's a good point. I have a bunch of numbers here I want to uh, talk to you guys about when it comes to the amount of players that are making huge money compared to the because major it's the league, halves versus the have nots, and there's way more have nots than there are halves. Major League Baseball's been around longer than any other sport. And it's going to be around for a long time. It's not like after this year they're going to be super short money. Why not look to and think about why this. not look into ways to try and reimburse them for playing on a shortened season with this money by deferring money down the line. Think about this: the optics of Major League Baseball. We have our guy Jocko on. Jocko, one second, brother. I just got to get this out there. NFL's king. NFL's number one. We know that. NBA is taken number two. Major League Baseball is three. NHL four. Major League Baseball has an opportunity right now to garner and gain back a lot of their market that has been slipping for the past couple decades since, what, the 90s? You have an opportunity to put your product in front of sports-starved masses. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Alrighty, 535 now on a Thursday morning. And coming up before 6 o'clock, our man Matt Trannell from Commodity Risk Management Group in Platteville is going to be joining us live via Skype to give us a little perspective on what's happening in the marketplace. One item that you're going to want to keep an eye on is the fact that more restaurants and bars are coming back online. But to serve their customers, they've got to refill their pantries. And that has led to some very interesting dynamics especially in the dairy markets. Yesterday in Chicago, block cheese was up eight and a half cents to two oh four and three quarters per pound. Talking with Matt about that kind of movement before we hit six o'clock. I'm Pam Yankee. Now from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday, the twenty eighth day of May. On this day back in nineteen thirty seven, Volkswagen was founded. The automobile manufacturer whose name means people's car in German one of the world's biggest. It produced classics like the VW Golf and the VW Beetle. Again, back on this date, 1937, Volkswagen, the VW, was founded. Also, on this day back in 1998, 
Phil Hartman died. Remember Phil Hartman? A comedian uh, got shot by his wife in their bed on this date back in 1998. And on this date back in 2013, people that follow Friends will recognize that's when Courtney Cox got divorced from her husband, David Arquette, after 13 years of marriage. And now you know. We want all farmers to know that the application process is now open for the $16 billion worth of federal assistance available through the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program, known as CFAP for short. Sandy Chalmers, our Wisconsin State Executive Director of our Farm Service Agency offices, says that farmers are going to have to recognize because of COVID-19, the application process for this program is going to look a little different. Obviously, our offices are not fully staffed right there now. I think every producer knows that. We have uh, a maximum of two people in the office, and we're doing business with our producers by phone or email, or we could have a virtual meeting with you. Um, we're, we're not having face-to-face interaction with producers at this time, So it is a little bit different scenario than when producers are used to walking into the office and sitting across the the desk from an FSA employee and walking through the application. So it it is a bit of a challenge logistically, uh, but we've been planning for this for the last month and a half, and we're ready to go. And, of course, our phones are absolutely lighting up right now. That's one thing I want to make sure that we're stressing to people, uh, making those appointments before they come try to make connection with the county office, and also preparing. As you look at how this program is being implemented, Sandy, how do farmers and their their agribusiness partners need to prepare with information to make sure that they're making their application move as smoothly as possible? Right. Um, If I had to do the Notes version of this program, it's basically assistance to producers who suffered a 5% or greater price decline or had um, impact due to to marketing disruptions. Um, So basically, for almost every commodity, we're looking at the price change from mid-January to mid-April. So that's the basic time frame for most commodities. So for dairy, what you need to know to fill out that application is the number of pounds you marketed during January, February, and March, and you need that broken out by month. And you can include your dump milk, disposed milk, and those totals. Mm-hmm. For livestock, you need to know what livestock you owned on January 15th of this year and had an ownership interest in, and you sold between January 15th and April 15th. You can also, for for beef uh, and pigs, hogs, lambs, and yearlings, you also need to know your highest own inventory that was subject to price risk between April 16th and May 14th. So I know producers are always thinking, are already thinking about what records they have on hand that would uh, provide documentation of that inventory and sales. For crops, we look at um, it's 50% of your total 2019 production or your 2019 production 
on hand on January 15th, and that would be your unpriced inventory, and we will pay the smaller of the two. But you need to know both numbers, 2019 total production and uh, inventory, unpriced inventory on hand on January 15th. Now, a, a question we're getting a lot in the dairy state is, is corn silage eligible for payment? And the answer is yes, it is eligible for payment, even though it's not necessarily subject to price risk. Um, but you would use a conversion factor looking at your tons of silage times 7.94 bushels per ton, and that will give you the number of uh, corn bushels. Right, right. Now, what about something like hay or alfalfa, Sandy? That's another one of those critically important foodstuffs for our animals. Anything do, that we know clarified on that? Um, in, in general, forage is not eligible uh, because it's not subject to price risk, and we have kind of a carve-out for corn silage. But on any of these questions, um, on very specific scenarios or commodities, you can go to farmers.gov or by all means give your, your county office a holler by phone or email and they can answer those questions for you. Sandy Chalmers, she's our state director of our Wisconsin Farm Service Agency offices. Now the critical point to know is you can start this CFAP application process online at farmers.gov backslash CFAP. In fact, if you fill out some of the questions that they ask you there, it will automatically populate your application with information needed. The other thing to remember, if you get audited by the Farm Service Agency USDA, you need to have documentation on the numbers that you put down on that application, so be a little careful about that. And as always, if you've got any questions or want to schedule an appointment with your county office, reach out to them directly. All right. Well, we are directing you towards the markets now. In overnight electronic trade, pretty quiet in Chicago. December corn's down a quarter of a cent right now at 334. November soybeans are down three cents at 852. July wheat, that's up to 506 a bushel. Barrel cheese in Chicago was up a penny and a half yesterday at 192 and a half. 40 pound block cheese jumped eight and a half cents to 204 and three quarters and double a butter yesterday well that was the soft one down a quarter of a cent to 157 and three quarters per pound june milk trading eight cents lower currently 1785 100 weight july milk's down a dime currently 1705 100 weights what's happening with the markets and are we really re-engaging with consumers in the restaurant area we're going to be talking about that next with Matt Trannell from Commodity Risk Management Group down in Platteville, joining us live via Skype next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I-39 Supply. Over 200 trailers in stock for work or play and complete trailer service to minimize downtime, plus a huge inventory of trailer parts. I-39 Supply. Trailer service and more. I-39Supply.com. When the doctor said Mama wasn't going to get better, I didn't know what to do. I've never been through this before, and I'm not ready. My brothers want to help, but how? I keep thinking, how will we get through this? A Grace will help with kind, capable caregivers at your door who know how to handle the tough moments ahead. A Grace, hospice and palliative care. When you don't know where to turn, 
Call us. A grace will help. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Wisconsin's number one farm insurer can protect your dairy operation from unexpected declines in revenue from milk sales. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more or talk to your local agent about how dairy revenue protection can fit into your risk management plan. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. In Disney's The Lion King, and in our world, fatherhood plays an important role. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov to learn more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Ah, yeah. Here we are at 546 on a Thursday morning. Rain in the forecast for everybody, and I'm afraid it's going to be measurable. So make sure if you've got a rain gauge out there that you're reporting your rainfall totals to me tomorrow morning. The toll-free number to reach me, 877-301-FARM. 877-301-3276. Joining us live via Skype this morning, Matt Trannell from Commodity Risk Management Group down in Platteville. Matt, I want to focus in right away on dairy product prices. Another big day yesterday, and as far as cheese was concerned, talk to me a little bit about how we're seeing product movement now that we're starting to see more restaurants, more bars come back online. Is that part of the reason why we've seen cheese move the way it is? Because it's been a roller coaster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's been one piece of the puzzle. There are many different pieces that have uh, ultimately led to the wild ride that uh, cheese has been on. And it seems like forever ago that this whole ordeal started, but in essence, it began less than three months ago. And uh, really to get a full capsule of of how this market is moving, you almost have to take a little bit of hindsight and uh, just kind of looking at the 2020 markets, we kind of began the year uh, January 1st through mid-March, and we were trading in that uh, $1.70 to $2 zone on block cheese. At the same point in time, barrels were close to $1.40 to $1.65 a pound. And on March 13th, when President Trump announced that uh, the coronavirus was a national emergency, uh, essentially the bottom fell out of both markets. Uh, blocks and barrels both ended up at a dollar per pound at its bottom. And we did spend a little bit of time in that dollar to a dollar 20 zone. And one of the benefits of moving down there was the fact that we were the most competitive on the export front. Uh, ultimately, a lot of different uh, food service business was lost. And so a lot of these food processors, some that do a lot of exports over time, some that don't get into it very much, they ultimately became a good spot for outside countries to come to uh, because at that point in time, the other two major exporters uh, in in the world, New Zealand and the European Union, 
they were trading at much higher values. New Zealand was at $2 and Europe was closer to $1.45. So we were without a doubt uh, the cheapest game in town and that did offer some opportunities. And that's a piece as to why we have seen this rally. There are still some companies that are still fulfilling some of those export orders that came about when cheese was very, very low. And as of right now, as of yesterday's close, we did have blocks up another eight and a half. We had barrels up another penny and a half. And today we sit at two dollars and four and three quarters cents on the barrel on the block, I should say, and barrels were close to a dollar ninety-two. So prices have almost doubled in a very, very short amount of time. Which is fantastic. New is uh I've I you know, I guess the question is, Matt, can we sustain this? You know, that's, that's the big question. That's, that's a very, very good question. It's, it's going to be a hard question to answer, but um, it does seem like it's going to be tough long-term. But initially right here, right now, um, we, have, we have pieced together some decent pricing. And uh, I would say in the short term, we can, but long-term talk late third quarter, fourth quarter, first part of next year. That's really when the question marks uh, come into play. Because right now, um, another piece of the puzzle has been that uh, buyers have asked dairymen when the demand on the, on the food service fell apart. They did ask producers to do their best in limiting some of their supply. So not as much milk needed to be dumped. Um, they had asked producers uh, in, in some cases, they've cut back 5%, 10%, 15%, even 20%. And as you and I both know, cows that are slaughtered cannot be replaced at a snap of a finger. Um, cows that are dried off do need some time off before they can come back online. So at the end of the day, it does seem like we have done a little bit on the supply management side to warrant these higher prices, higher prices, I should say and maybe sustain them for a little while. But once we um, bring some of those cows back online, 16 and 17 and potentially higher milk does put cows back in the barn and does turn the supply back on. So I would say that long-term, probably not. One of the, the big, big uh, helpful, uh, helpful pieces alongside of exports has been the government purchases uh, the food box program under the CARES Act uh, that brought a significant amount of buying more fast and furious than what the market had anticipated, which is another piece to the puzzle. Um, but also the Section 32 purchases. We actually had another purchase come out earlier this week. Uh, details are not known just yet, but they are accepting uh, offers. And um, those deliveries are supposed to be July, August. So that has been another piece. And, and, and like you said, restaurants, bars, food service, fast food, uh, business is coming back online. And you have to begin to refill those, um, that, that uh, supply chain um, to meet the demand in the food service. And so what's really happened is you've had uh, different processors tied up with exports. You've had government bidding on cheese and, and different products. And you've had food service also going after that very same product. And essentially, it's, it's turned into a little bit of a, a feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to compete over the same product and, and fulfill their, their purchase orders or their orders. Sure. Um, so cheddar blocks and barrels have, have really 
uh, tightened up in the marketplace is what we've been hearing. But one thing that should really be made clear when we're talking about this is that uh, the bid has been on the CME spot dairy auction. And that's cheddar blocks and barrels of, of dates that are four days to 30 days old. And that's also played out in the futures market where June has rallied the most. July has been right after it. Once you get into the August to December pricing, uh, it's, it's been a lot more lackluster. Not as many people have been willing to chase that market because once the government does wrap up their purchases and knowing today that we're at $2 a pound roughly with Europe at $1.45 and Oceania at $1.75, we are not the place to go for additional exports. We were, but anything new is not coming to the United States at this point in time. So that really falls squarely on the food service, the restaurants, the, the uh, fast food to pick up that demand. And there will be some type of void given that uh, some restaurants are not going to come back online. I, I read an article that uh, 20% yeah. might not be. And, and some of the restaurants that do will only be able to capture uh, 50% of the cap capacity and in, in, in dine-in service. They will still have the carryout, but Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, it's 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 still a still a struggle, right? And and the the last piece that is 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 also should be hammered Quick, home quickly, that, Matt. Yep, the last piece that should be hammered home is that cold storage. We just printed the largest inventory that we've ever had in cheese on April 2020. So it really is a short term story versus long term. Right. Right. Well, I appreciate it. And it's obviously a story that's going to keep developing and with a lot of uncertainty on what's going to happen come this fall. A lot of folks worried that we're going to see another bout of COVID-19 or whatever the new name's going to be. So you're right, Matt. Things are still definitely in flux. Right now, I like where we're at. But remember, if you want to protect yourself while these markets are robust, talk to guys like Matt Trannell at uh, Commodity Risk Management Group. Down in Platteville, you can find them online and get in contact with Matt, and we'll catch up with those folks again next week. All right, coming up tomorrow, we are going to follow up on what's going on with the Wisconsin State Fair. Yay or nay, that's where we'll be tomorrow.